Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. Hello, everyone. Glad you joined us again. And if this is your first time, then welcome. And we hope you enjoy it and get wonderful things out of today's podcast. You... You are at the Truly Unlimited podcast, and you are here with Don Bruce and Jeff Plunkett. And we're excited to to have our conversation that hopefully you join in with your own thoughts in your own car or house or wherever you are, and um, just go ahead and talk while we're talking to and ask your questions. We may not hear you, but at least, you know, you're you're a part of the conversation. <laughs> Feel free to talk to your listening device, whatever it is. Yes. Um, today's subject is by God's design and this is this is Jeff's baby. So <laughs> So so you may hear him a little more today. So if you if you started listening just because you wanted to hear me then go ahead and give Jeff the benefit of the doubt and listen to him anyway <laughs> I love it well done did you prepare that no okay that just that just flowed yep. okay that was awesome <laughs> if you if you really you're only here to listen to Don you know just just give me a chance <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, that's that's my favorite thing we've ever done, right there. Oh, that was it. Well, that hey. was, now I, that's the only reason I'm here. Um, okay, but, but okay, so we'll, we'll go on and we'll get into this thing. So what we're talking about here is um, this one. If this if this does not resonate with you, then you might as well stop listening and just talk to your your listening device with something else because by by the very basic assumption belief is that god created everything everything is created and in it's created and this is from scripture created reflective of his nature his very nature in and we we have a, a a larger discussion about his nature um, later on, and then we have a, a book coming out that we, we talk about that as well. But so we won't spend a lot of time in that um, in in God's nature. But understand that whatever He creates has His handiwork, and there's there's in in Hebrew there's there's a word that's translated handiwork. And basically, think about it this way. So if a craftsperson creates something, you, a craftsman creates something, you can actually discover who that craftsperson is based on how or their way, the way that they create it. So if it's, you know, if it's hand, something is handmade, it has an imprint of the craftsman. And, and you see that, like, if you watch a show such as Antiques Roadshow, hmm. because the experts on there will look at something and say, well, it looks like it was this designer, or this is why it wasn't. 
Right. And and so that's very clear in something like that. Right. Yeah. And even think about you know famous painters, you know they had a certain way that they would do a brush stroke, and so experts who who know that information who spend a lot more time thinking about it right. than I do because I don't really care all that much but but they think about you know that artist and they'll think they, and so they can determine whether it's counterfeit or real just based on looking at the way the brush strokes are right. of that particular craftsman okay so so understanding who God is you can look at this is scriptural, but you, you can look at, in a sense, not his skill level. Forget about his skill level when it says handiwork. He's not talking about his skill level. It's talking about his way, the way he created it. So, and, and so, you know, several years ago, I began to, you know, to, to really think about um, things that often frustrate us about ourselves and things that are common among people. Um, let, me, let me give you an example. Um, and this was one of the first areas that I really began to think through this and, and consider God's design, consider the way um, we function, and that is with teenagers. Now, um, um, automatically, there are people that are listening to this go, oh, teenagers, yeah, so, you know, gosh, they're, you know, they're messed up. All right, they're not, um, and I'm going to argue that they're not messed up other than they're misguided, and you're going, oh, yeah, I agree with that. No, I don't think you understand what I mean, but I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Um, they're misguided, meaning they're, the meaning-making. Um, I should explain what I mean by that. Um, so you can look at something, something can happen, and you can make meaning of something, um, and you make meaning based on your perspective, okay? Um, so this happens, and, and I make meaning of it. So you can have 10 different people see the same event, and they can make meaning of it in 10 different ways. Oh, well, this is what that means. Oh, this is what that means. Oh, this is why that happened. Oh, this is why that happened. This is why a teenager does what they do. It's because they're just out to get me as a parent, or they're out to, you know, they're just trying to, you know, just trying to breed, you know, whatever, okay? Right. So this is why a teenager does what they do. And understand that the meaning for God's design, the meaning for God's, God's human creation is based in the designer. So what is the designer all about? What's, what is he, you know, what is God's nature? And then how does his nature ha reflect the shadow of him? So whenever you see the, the words um, in his image, we were created in his image, that word is means shadow it's the shadow of him is it him no it's the shadow of him meaning it reflects it reflects the image of him not the physical image it has nothing to do with it it's the functional it's the um it's the the sole purpose of him which scripturally 
we find that the sole purpose of God is that we will join with his unlimited glory. Right. It is that, that joining nature, is that, yes. that unified nature, the triune nature of God. Um, okay, so let me, let me go back to what I was talking about with, with teenagers for a second. So when you, when you think about teenagers and what they're, what, how they function and, and, and you know, how, how things really shift, you know, you've got this nice, sweet little kid, you know, this little baby grows up and who's, who's just, oh, just, you know, needs you, right? Yeah, maybe they cry through the night like, like a couple of my kids did, and you're like, you cross, you, you, you hold them, and you rock them, and you sing the song, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, for crying out loud, I just want to sleep. <laughs> Um, that's, that is actually the song we sang. So, um, <laughs> it, and, but they're sweet. They need you. They're dependent upon you. And then they, they grow up a little bit more and they, you know, they get into stuff and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, but then in the teenage years, things change. Their, the, their, even the structure of their brain changes. Now, we as adults, we look at it and go, oh, man, they're crazy. They're nuts. They don't make any sense whatsoever. Now, we forget that we were there, and we forget what it was like because now we've got this some kind of delusion like, yeah, I skipped all of that. I was perfect. Or okay. that you went through it all, but you didn't make any of those mistakes, and you were perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so adolescence is is confusing, and adulthood is denial of right. actual reality. Is that <laughs> that it? Okay. <laughs> all right. So, but, um, but understand. Anyway, so let me. I'm kind of jumping around here. So let me let me say this. So I I began to ask the question. All right. So if there are things within adolescence, within teenagers, that are really pretty predictable, it, it's predictable because it's, this is something that they all experience in one way or another. Now, that maybe they make meaning of it differently, but they, the, the, what happens within their brain is predictable it happens all the time so if it happens all the time and i am full on with my with my concept of god that he created everything and he designed everything and he designed everything to reflect the shadow of his nature mm -hmm. in his image then i then i must conclude Right? I must conclude that whatever this predictable function is within the, the human brain is by God's design. Right. And if it's by God's design, then it must reflect his purpose. It, it must have something to do with his purpose. And yes, maybe we make meaning of it in a different way. Because we make meaning of it in, man, I just, I just want that, that kid who, who 
listened to everything I said or was afraid of me and now they're talking back and now they're you know now they they they're starting to have what thoughts of their own I don't like that you know as a parent I want them right. to have my thoughts and my thoughts only right, right? Um, so that's that's the meaning we give it what we give it is I'm losing my power as a parent um, I don't know what voice that was I don't, I, know. I don't know yeah I don't know. maybe not use it again <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, probably shouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can eliminate it. It just came out. All right, go ahead. I, I was, and, and you may be getting to part of this, but mm-hmm. it, it does frustrate me when, and I'm not saying that there's points that I didn't get to that I felt like the very thing that you said that parents get to. Yeah. However, it frustrates me when parents continue that and get so overwhelmed with that Mm. when the design or at least the purpose is we are helping these kids get through so they can become independent adults that think on their own and and we act like it's going to be magical at 18 or 19 that all of a sudden then we can push them out and they'll think on their own but we didn't want them to think on their own until that point. Right. And I know that was not God's design, as I'm sure you're saying. Right, right. And, and I'm going to go even deeper, but that is, that is you're, you're right on target. I'm going to go even deeper than that. Because um, you're right, you know, we're, as parents, we're, we're resisting this, this expression of, of, expanded thinking let's talk about it from that we're we're resisting this this expression of expanded thinking um because it impacts of its impact on us right as parents um, within our perspective of control our perspective of power um, and so, yeah, we, we like, don't do that. Don't, don't expand your thinking. Don't expand your thinking. Don't expand your thinking. Don't expand your thinking. And then, you know, as you said, and oh. then when they, they become an adult, go, oh, now you need to go out and think on your own because you're no longer my burden. You're no longer my, and, and, and I know you may not like the idea of me using the word burden, but you're no longer under my control. You've got to be under your own control and that starts now or five minutes ago or, you know, and so for the last, you know, five, six years, seven years, I've been trying to get you to not think on your own and just think like me. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly, good luck. Go think on your own. Oh, just call me if you have a need, but you're not moving back in here. Yeah. <laughs> or there's some parents that are opposite, and yes. they just don't ever want them to think on their own. Right, right, <laughs> right. Which is, which is, uh, and some people are not going to like this. I get it. I, I'm, I'm okay with telling the truth and, and making you angry at me if it's just the, you know, the truth. But, but that is more about you. Okay, mm-hmm. so this, this, this podcast is not about parenting, uh, but it's more about our own fears. It's about our own insecurities um, than it is about um, the, the welfare of our, of our children. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah. 
I know. I'm so send your send your messages to I don't know your your local garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write out your letter and just put it in the garbage. I get it that way. All right. Um, all right. Here's but here's here's my point, and, and I want to read something to you, and this is from um, a book by Dr. Jeremy Clark and Jerusha Clark. Um, so they don't know that I'm referencing their book, um, so I did not get permission, but I'm sure it's okay. Um, so the name of the book is Your Teenager Is Not Crazy. Understanding Your Teen's Brain Can Make You a Better Parent. I, I love this book. Um, I, I love almost everything in the book. Not, not everything, but I, I, I never found anything that I love everything in except for the Bible. So... Um, but is is from a from a biblical perspective, but it is also from a a, a scientific neuroscience perspective. So it is a it is um, it is in neuroscience is this. It is an observation of God's creation. It is an ob- observation of God's created brain, specifically. All right. So I'm going to read this, and this is um, I don't know what chapter this is in, but. Um, uh, but it, it, it's something entitled Bio 101. Okay, so, so this, is, this is their statement. I'm just going to read one parag- or a couple of paragraphs. Um, they say this, Until approximately age 11, children reason concretely, which means that they think in here and now. What's right in front of me terms. Facts interest small children more than ideas. When they ask why, most kids are looking for a simple, casual explanation. All right, things change with adolescence as a significant cognitive development occurs, the growth of abstract reasoning. With maturing neural pathways and higher order thinking, adolescents begin to engage in what classical thinkers call dialectic, the examination and discussion of opposing ideas in order to discover truth. In order to discover truth. Um, and here's, here's what I want to say about that. Um, so let's, let's imagine just for a second that, that and, and it's not an imagination, it is a, a fact, but let, let's, let's consider this that God's singular objective, God's singular purpose, is that we join with him, that we join with his glory. In other words, that we, we, um, we unify with him. All right. Um, and so what we have to be able to do, so, so consider it this way. There is the visible, what you can see in front of you, and then there is the invisible, which Scripture references the invisible as the only thing that is reliable. Um, All right. So in order for someone to be able to join with, in other words, to have, to be in unified communion with God, they have to be able to think abstractly. They have to be able to think um, dialectic, as the, as the official word is. 
And understand, when we say join with, we're not saying become. Right, no. But in that relationship, like you said, that communion, that relationship, Mm -hmm. that, that relationship that he had in the garden prior to the fall. Right. I, I think in the yeah, sense yeah. of, you know, it was him walking with Adam and Eve and just communion with yeah. them, like you said. Yeah. But yeah. I was just trying to give a little bit of a visual and make sure right. we understand that. Right. And, and even so even think about in terms of, you know, we've talked about love in a previous podcast. So love from God's perspective in, in the only real love there is. Um, the rest of it is not love at all. It should be a different word. Um, right. But what love is, agape love, is is this unconditional positive regard. And remember what we said, if you listened to that podcast before, we said that that um, from from John, First uh, John, I believe, um, that it says that you know God is love. It's pretty simple. God right. is love and he always has been he was always love even before there were people so you have to consider that so you to understand what love is you have to go back before there were people before creation and understand that okay so that that is an abstract that's an abstract concept it is is very it's dialectic it's it's an abstract because it's not right in front of you. Right. So what we the other things that are called love are oh, I love this Mexican food. Oh, I love that quesadilla. Oh, I love, you know, I love you know, oh, girl, I love your hair. Um whatever. I love that Facebook post. Yes, I so it's it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So it's something that right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So in 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 one sense it's it's Age eleven down, living. It's an it's 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 what's right in front of you, and so in adolescence, our brain begins functional. Our functional brain begins to allow us to even conceptualize something that is not right in front of us. Now, understand the first time you do anything, do you do it well? No, you don't do it well. Um, the first time you walked, you didn't walk very well. You, know, you stumbled around. You look like you should be holding a sign. Why, why lie? I just want beer, right? Because, I mean, you just, you just kind of stumbling around like, like you just came out right. of a bar. Um, but because that was the first time you ever walked, um, the first time you ever wrote something, you know, you grabbed it, you know, like you're, you're holding on to – a rope. Yeah, a rope, and you just <laughs> scribble all over the page, and, you know, you were horrible at it. And now you're better at it. I'm not so much better, but but you're better at it, right? So I can see her notes over there, and they look all nice and neat, and mine look like junk. Um, I guess because I still hold the pen like a rope. Um, well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm kind of all over the place. All right, here's my, here's my point. <laughs> so I believe Don has just expressed what you're probably all feeling. Wow. Whew, okay, come back to earth. <laughs> Bring it back down, bro. Too much caffeine. All right. <laughs> here's here's my my point. 
by functional design, God is placed in us, in the, in the, the adolescent brain, this time where it is, it is that time where it's the greatest of invitation to join with him through faith, because faith is an abstract concept. Right. Um, it's, it's I'm assuming this about God. It is I'm assuming what I can't see. I don't need to see it. I don't need proof. You don't need to, I, I doesn't need to be measured. If I am I'm going to have faith in God, I'm going to have absolute, complete, unmeasured, invisible faith. Like I don't, I don't need him to do anything. Right. I don't need him to prove anything. I don't need him. I don't need any visual uh, um, aid. Representation, right? Representation, other than, but then to just have this abstract. I have absolute one hundred percent faith in who God is. Right. Right. And then love is just like it. Love is just like it. I'm extending that unconditional positive regard to God because, you know, Jesus said, they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, unconditional positive regard, and love your neighbor as yourself, unconditional positive regard. So the first time that's possible is in adolescence. Okay, but, but remember what we do is we do something, we, we mess it all up, we mess it up by, by calling it a flaw. Mm-hmm. We mess it up by calling it um, rebellion. We mess it up by calling it something that it's not. And we say, oh, well, that's just their hormones kicking in, and now they just want to go, you know, um, find, a, you know, somebody to, to go on hook up with and you know and go cuddle with and you know whatever i mean we you know what mark twain said i <laughs> i know you don't know him personally if that's what you're gonna say we, we never hang out anymore <laughs> he just you know he never calls he, he never said writes. that when you have a child you put him in a box with a hole and you feed him through the hole hmm. and it said when and he says when they're 13 you close up the hole <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't. <laughs> it means that we're scared of them becoming a teenager, and we don't know what else to do. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Did you say Mark Twain or Mac Twain? Mark I, I, okay. Twain. <laughs> Shania Twain. Sh- I don't. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like a woman. All right. <laughs> okay, that's weird. <laughs> Shania Twain. That is who sings that, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, back to the subject. Yeah. Do we have a subject? <laughs> yes, we do have. So here's here's my my point. I, I'm. I think more than anything else, what I'd like us to do in response to this this somewhat crazy conversation, um, is to shake up our thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and understand. This one thing, and we said it at the beginning, this one thing, that one, God has a nature. And that is the only thing that's reliable. Okay? That's the only thing that's permanent. 
It's the only thing that's, that's always been and always will be, and right. it will never change. It never has changed. Okay. And his creation, what he spoke into existence, reflects that nature. Um, not only metaphorically, but functionally. It's a functional design response so it's there's there's it's systems but but just even but again think about even the way the brain functions again we give it some we give it weird meanings give it weird answers right um are you aware that there is a portion of the brain so when we when we and i'm going to say it this way from a Christian perspective, when we fully worship. Now, when I, when I say fully worship, it's, it's my feeble attempt at figuring out how to, how to say when we genuinely, I mean genuine worship. I don't mean we sing a song. I don't even mean we raise our hand or even when we, we might even weep. Um, right. You on know, our face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because, because our weeping may be about ourselves more than worshiping God. Right. It may be grieving um, our, our loss or our fears more yes. than worshiping God. But when we genuinely, because you don't necessarily um, have to be weeping in order to worship. You don't need and, and you don't even need to be singing to to worship when we fully genuinely worship god there is a portion of our brain that that is most active during that time in other words there there's other portions of the brain that that cease to to be active and this portion it's called the posterior superior parietal I, I can never say that word, parietal lobe, posterior, superior, parietal lobe. Okay, and this, this, um, um, uh, some, some people refer to it as the the god portion of the brain. It is the portion of the brain that 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 is most ignited um, during the most. Um, 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 the the most um, what's the word I'm looking for dialectic or or, or abstract um, it's 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 you know it has nothing to do with the right what's right in front of you and this portion of the brain becomes the most functional starts in adolescence and so, moves forward so it's not connected really to our visual cortex that you know so much of our other parts of our brain have right. to do with that processing, but what you're saying, at least what I'm understanding, mm -hmm. is that this is a totally different animal, which means that part of us probably have quote unquote dead parts of that area because we've <laughs> never used what's not right in front of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may be because we we may we, we attempt to to suppress it. We attempt to maintain visual, you know, control. We we right. try to maintain we try to maintain our 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 
human body functioning um, resourcing. I'm going to maintain my stability by what I can see, by what I can hear, what I can touch. I'm going to maintain that, and I'm going to suppress my posterior superior parietal lobe. Um, I'm going to suppress that, that function within the brain. Understand that that function within the brain, God's design, okay? I get it. We could sit and we could talk to some scientists and they would make different meaning of it and say somehow that's some kind of evolutional structure and blah, blah, blah. And okay. But but I am 100% all in on God's design. Um, And I'm I'm saying that this right here, this is this is part of what God has designed for us to be able to as we say, join with him to join to this abstract love, faith, joining, um, a relationship, um, abiding, you know, all of those things. Um, now, much of what we do in those terms, this portion of this brain, this little lobe, um, this, this God portion of the brain, doesn't necessarily fire up because we haven't gone so we haven't we haven't shut down the visual we haven't shut down um, we haven't kind of suppressed we haven't let go of of our control right um, we've we've tried to we've tried to maintain control and and for me I, there are a lot of scripture references that are coming to mind as I as I say this. Um, you know, the, the one that I referenced probably more than any other passage, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And again, that, that word minds, I think I've probably mentioned it in probably two or three podcasts before, and I mention it all the time. You know, that minds is, is thoughts and feelings, both of those things. Um, but, okay, so it's, it, it is about taking this portion of your brain and, and allowing, allowing yourself to to think in terms of the abstract. I'm not necessarily talking about this eyes rolling back in the head and your mumbling <laughs> weirdness or something like that. I'm just talking about about just 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 lose control for a little bit. Like like just allow yourself, as I say, to free float. Is that one reason why outside of hormones maybe outside of hormones that a young teenager or even preteen in that can have such an emotional time as well because they're having a hard time balancing the facts that they knew as a child or that they've just always based on certain things and this new type of thinking. I mean, I'm just, I'm asking, is it, is it something that, because I know, I know for myself, when I'm really thinking to a whole different level, sometimes there's this war in my head of, <laughs> you know, thinking one way and then thinking another. And I just, because they're children as well, is that what um, maybe is a piece of that? Because it is that growing process, and growth isn't always easy. 
it's not always simple. Sure. No, it's, it, yeah, it's not always easy. And, and you know, so he, I'm not, not sure I'm fully following the question, <laughs> but, but let me, let me, yeah. let me bounce off of it um, and say it this that way, works. that here's, here's the, the you know, you're, you referenced childhood. We think one way. Mm-hmm. And then in adolescence, we're, we, our brain now allows us to think in a new, different way. Okay. It's by design. Right. It's by function. It's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what happens. It's, it's design is intended, and I'm, I'm 100% convinced of this. I used to be kind of convinced of this. I used to kind of think this was potentially true. Now I'm 100% convinced of this, that it, it is God's design to draw, to even drive us toward him okay but as a society Mm -hmm. what do we do in this moment so when this moment occurs for the child now they're no longer seen just relying upon what's in front of them but now they're be able to think abstractly um and this is the 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 first real invitation Mm -hmm. to join with the glory of god Okay, but what do we do? We say, "Oh, you shouldn't think like that." <laughs> um, we we turn it from, "Man, you used to be this way." We we turn it into something that you should not do. We and then we tell them, "You shouldn't think that way. Um, you should think concretely. Right. Don't think." like this don't think beyond yourself don't think and, and then and specifically and again think of it this way and this was one of the first concepts that i had um because because i began to think about how teenagers want to want to congregate want to collect okay and yes they're collecting with other people that are in this same somewhat new abstract thinking world and so it's kind of messy but they what if i use this word they want to unify mm-hmm. they're driven toward unifying right hmm that kind of seems like something that god is driving us to do is to unify and and if you think that you or your teenager is not driven to unify because they're not comfortable around other people, yet if they're dealing with issues of loneliness, that's the opposite of unifying. Because if I'm lonely, then I have a need to unify, and it's not happening. That is exactly on target. Ah, man, I, I love working with you. <laughs> You're exactly right. Because, yeah, because if they're isolating, they're isolating out of a desire. Um, I used to say it this way. Even a hermit who has who has found himself a cabin out in the woods and hasn't seen a person in 18 months um, is there because desires attachment and is afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? It is out of a longing for attachment that he isolates. Um, so you're abs- right. you are absolutely right. 
um, you know, observation. But again, you know, we turn it into something that is detestable. We turn it into something that they shouldn't do when it's part of God's design driving them toward and driving us. We all went through it. But, but we turn it into something else. We, we make meaning of it from a human, as if there's no God, story. Right. We turn it into, you know, sex drive, or we turn it into, um, you know, just this, in, you know, driven toward rebellion, and, and we turn it toward that. No, it's, it's really, by God's design, a draw and a... A, a, a very intense opportunity to join with him. And, and just in, in some of my own observation, we tend to label things as mm-hmm. those are good decisions or bad decisions mm-hmm. or those are good thoughts or bad thoughts. And we can help guide them in some things biblically in that. But there are a lot of times I feel like we label things in that way based on our upbringing, based on our own control. And so then we are maybe skewing what God is doing in their mind, mm. if, to say that, because then we're trying to pull it back in under our control, even if we don't think we are. But if we are labeling those things in order to turn them a certain way, then we're skewing. I mean, that would that be yeah right? Especially if we're yeah. saying that's good, that's bad, and we're not biblically, and I say Bible truth, not just Bible, this is what so-and-so's grandma said. Right. <laughs> but... Um, if it's not that, then how can we say good or bad? Right. Because we say the whole, your teenager's not crazy, we say it's a bad time. Right, right. Well, and, in, 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 you know, so what you were, you were describing there, it was the last line of, of what they said. They, they said in this, in this particular book, they said the examination and discussion of opposing ideas in order to discover truth. Okay. And I would completely agree with that statement because it is a drive. Mm-hmm. So there is, a, there is an, an innate drive for us to discover truth. And what does, what, and it's not opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not even social acceptability. It's not even, um, you know, social norms. Social norms, and, and some people are not going to like this, but social norms meaning you know what what everybody does or or, or the yeah the the kind of the rules in order for Status you to quo. be yeah the, Sorry. yeah the the rules in, that in in order for you to be accepted into our social group whatever that be whether it be your church or whether it be um, your club or whether it be your school or whether it be your work or whether it be you know the group of people that hang out after work or whether it be your family whatever it is whatever that social group is they have a set of rules and those are social norms that you these are rules that you have to abide by in order to to maintain acceptance and if you don't abide by those particular rules then then your membership into that particular group again whatever it is maybe it's a family your membership is under review right. you know, so we're going to consider not allowing you to be a part of this group 
But that statement also, and something that I believe that a lot of us wouldn't like in that statement of in their search for truth, it requires opposition. Because mm, it says the opposing. Oh, yes. I, and, and I'm not yes. saying like defiance, but what I'm saying is. Right, gotcha. You know, we as parents want our children to agree with everything that we think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that's saying it's okay to let them, you know, there's some of those things of working through. It requires a little bit of opposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even think about, you know, so, so think about what we just said about um, social norms and acceptance right. into a particular group. And then, but what Jesus said, you know, if, if, if you don't leave father and mother, you cannot be a part of me. In other words, what he's saying is you have to be able to, to, um, to, to be able to move beyond social norms of survival and acceptance into a group. Now, that's not saying that we become rebels and, and that's not, that's not at all what right. he's saying. That's, that's not what Jesus was saying. And so don't turn it into <laughs> to something that he's not saying. But he's saying, don't aimlessly follow the crowd. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, and so, so this drive for even this drive for truth. And, I'm, and stick with me on this. Um, this is kind of a deep concept. Maybe for some of you, it won't, it won't seem so deep, but but for some, it, it may. That drive for truth. Okay. That drive for, for truth is is synonymous with it, it it runs exactly parallel with our desire for reliability for something that is stable for something that is firm for something that is a firm foundation mm-hmm. and uh, i bet there's scriptures coming to mind um but something that is constant that that desire for truth and opinion Opinion is not truth because opinion changes, because opinion is not stable. It's temporal. It, it, it shifts and changes. You know, social norms, what's acceptable today are different than what it was before. And people like, oh, my goodness, I, you know, I, I, the way it used to be. In, in one, by the way, it was never the way it used to be the way we say it used to be. <laughs> um, we create in our own mind what we think it used to be, but it really wasn't that way. Um, but even that desire, even that, that kind of that somewhat of a delusion is this, it's a drive. It's a God-designed drive for you to, to embrace and, 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 and engage in to be infused by the truth. Right. And the truth, again, not opinion. Don't get those confused. The truth is God. He's the only reliable, the only permanent. There's nothing else that is permanent. The way we always did it, or the way we used to do it, or the, the way it was whenever I was a kid, that's not truth. Because that's, that's, you just said it wasn't truth because you said the way we used to do it, the way we did it, mm-hmm. um, truth is always truth. It doesn't change. Right. Truth can't change. Right. 
Truth can't change. Think about that. And what cannot change? The only thing that cannot change is God. So when we're, this, this desire for stability, this desire for reliability, this desire for truth, this passion for trying to find out what is true is not about trying to figure out what's the best way of living. We, that's the, the meaning we give it. What we're really driven to by God's design in the function of our brain mm-hmm. is it is inviting us to God inviting us to focus on the unlimited God, to focus on him, to focus on him. He is exclusively reliable, permanent, nothing else is. Right. Your perspective of the world is not reliable. Your perspective of the world is, is, is not accurate. Though I, I see through a glass darkly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like if you disagree with 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 you know whether your perspective of the world is accurate or not, argue There's with scripture. scripture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, argue with scripture. Um, knock yourself out. Um, but I, I I just find this I find this fascinating. I find this it, it's not only fascinating. I find this so much so freeing because. It is the the truth. It it it. I, I as I'm as I'm, I've worked to to find this shift from from a real biblical perspective. And I don't mean like I'm using the Bible in order to to extend my own agenda. I'm talking about what what God is all about, mm-hmm. like the core of real truth here. And the reliable it's always been and always will be. Um, as I'm as, as I'm in seeing that and in, in reflect in seeing that our design reflects is the shadow of this reliable God, this this triune relational God, mm-hmm. um, then it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And we work really hard to turn what makes sense into something completely nonsensical. Right. We, 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 turn, we turn absolute wisdom into foolishness. Um, and, it's, and it's why? Why do we do that? Don't have a full answer, but I can tell <laughs> I you waiting. that. Yeah, I know it's like, but but here's part of the answer. We do that because it elevates us. Mm-hmm. It elevates us, and for in in for whatever reason, we have some kind of perspective that we need to be elevated. Well, that came from Satan in the garden, saying he's not letting you know everything Mm -hmm. you can know you know this he by eating of this tree you can know more you can be more and that's exactly where that comes from yep and we're eating we're we're succumbing to that temptation to eat that fruit whatever it was yeah every day every single day 
we, you know, we, we go, Eve, girl, why'd you throw us under the bus like that? Why'd you, you know, why'd you mess things up? It was so good. If I'd been there, there's no way I would have told Satan, like, you can, you can hit the road, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's hogwash because we're eating of the fruit every single day. Exactly. We're eating of the fruit every single day, every single day that we try to do this thing on our own apart from God. Or it's either apart from God, despite God, or just with his help. In other words, he's our ace in the hole uh, to make sure that we have some kind of advantage to win. All right. Um, we are at 52 minutes. Um, let me let me let me say this one thing, um, and I was kind of kind of alluding to it when we were talking about truth. Here's here's the thing. You know, we're looking for, um, you know, in counseling. As a counselor, I work with people on a regular basis, and um, when they come to me in their greatest anxiety, greatest distress, um, things are just so far beyond their control. One of the things that I ask them is I will ask them, and, and I don't always do biblical counseling um, um, if people are not asking for biblical counseling. Um, um, uh, as a licensed professional counselor, I have to be able to provide them um, a resource that way. So anyway, but they'll, and I'll ask them, okay, well, tell me, tell me who you are. Tell me, um, like, tell me 10, and that you you know, usually use like 10, 10 true things about you, 10 stable things about you, and I have them do it whenever they feel the most, they're, they're most stable in that moment. They're the least amount of anxiety, least amount of depression, least amount of, of fear, whatever. Um, and almost always they struggle with that. And here's, here, here's what, I, what I see is they haven't really engaged any of that. Um, they haven't, they, they have, and here's, here's what that means. Um, again, there is a much more important question, and the much more important question is who is God? Mm-hmm. And, and we've talked about that some, and we'll talk about it um, in a future podcast exclusively. Right. That, that's going to be the conversation. But... Um, and even these questions, but here's what they haven't done. They haven't established any true north. They haven't established any reliable truth. That that's the point. Right. They haven't. They have nothing that that puts them back on track when they they they're off course. They're they're just basically floating mm-hmm. freely. They they're in this little boat. And they're just kind of floating out in this vast ocean of experiences in life. And they have, they, like, I don't know how to navigate to get back on track. I don't even know what my course is. Um, and, and that is the most dissonant experience. Mm-hmm. Because, what, what, because what they've been designed for, what you and I have been designed for, Hear me. Hear what I'm saying. What we have been designed for is to focus on God and find that Him is the true north. Him is the only reliable source. He is. So we've been designed for that. We have that longing. We have that desire. And when we don't have it, mm-hmm. when we hear this, when we don't have it, it is the most unsettling 
of experiences. And so what we have to do is we have to either create a fake version of that. We create some kind of fake version of it of this is the way I always do it or this is who I am, blah, 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 and, and nobody else matters. Or we just we suffer with our, our confusion. We suffer with our, our you know, I, I'm off course. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to get back on course. I don't know how to navigate life, and it's just overwhelming. Right. But the design... You were designed to seek God. You were not not seek God as a solution for a temporary problem. I'm saying seek God to focus on him and join with him, to join, to be invited into the joining right. relationship with him. To return to the garden. Yes. Yes. To walk with him in the garden, to be naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. That's, and now if people say, if somebody goes streaking after this and says, Jeff said, <laughs> it's not Jeff, our fault. yeah, that's not what I just <laughs> said. <laughs> what I'm saying is to be in this, this relationship with him, that it's not about hiding and pretending. It's about just being in a genuine joined relationship. And that is our design. That's our point. It is our design. It's not something we have to work against we're working against it by by doing it some other way right it's our design it's the default we're we're messing it up right by choosing some other way he is the way the truth and the life right no one comes to the father except through him exactly all right anything else no okay good conversation um, or at least I think it was, um, <laughs> and I may be a party of one. Um, it's a me party. All right. Don, thanks again for uh, listening to me rattle about God's design. Um, it's not the first time. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right. That should do it. See you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's Resources, no One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S, alethesresources.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.